Okay, welcome to the podcast. Download a new app. So this is the initial episode of the podcast that I'm creating. My name is Joshua Sells. Um, I am basically just talking. I got this idea from listening to other podcasts, and I think that um, there's a lot of good that comes from it, a lot of knowledge that can be passed along while you're driving down the road, while you're working, whatever. Um, it has really been a blessing to me as far as opening my eyes to things. You know, it, There are evils, and there are good with, with anything. Um, but I definitely feel like uh, gained some knowledge just subconsciously from um, listening to podcasts, which is great. So uh, My goal is to share my journey with you um, and help grow God's kingdom. That is the end game of the goal of the podcast. So if, if you're into that, that, that is awesome. If not, I encourage you to stick around and maybe um, something could change that opinion. So that's basically it. That's, that's all I'm here to do. Uh, I'm fairly new into the journey uh, that I'm in right now. I'm fairly new to that. So I, I grew up in church my entire life. I went to the services once a week and thought I was doing the right things and well I got to go to heaven because I, I feel like I'm doing the right thing and, and now I know I got a personal rela- relationship with Jesus Christ and it's, it's awesome um, it has totally changed my life and we're talking about recently within this year 2021 after 33 years here on this earth of finally knowing hey I got a relationship with Jesus. Nobody can take that away from me. And uh, it's crazy. You know, I, I did grow up in the church, and I thought I knew everything, and I knew all the stories, and I, I thought I had it all figured out, but I did not at all. I still don't have it all figured out. <laughs> so, um, as I'm sure everyone else is still trying to figure it out, no matter what age you are. So, um, I did a recording I deleted it. It felt like it was staged. I had a handout of kind of what I was going to talk about, and it didn't feel genuine. So I started over. This is fresh. This is off the cusp. This is a little bit of knowledge. Um, I'll be doing a little bit of reading of the passages, but other than that, um, it's just me in a nutshell. And it is going to be... um, genuine that is my goal keep it genuine so my discussions for the podcast that I had everything figured out for was for um, dealing with anxiety and depression Um, anxiety and depression is something new that has came to to my life and it is something that um up until recently, I didn't really know what it was. My wife had dealt with it before in the past, and I kind of blew it off, to be totally honest with you. And it was, it was a shocker whenever I had, I went through it myself. Um, I didn't even recognize what it was, and that's the bizarre thing is that I'd heard about it, but I didn't recognize what it was when it hit. So, um, I was fortunate enough that when I was a kid, I was able to go to college. Um, my 
parents helped me along the journey. I paid my part. Um, it was less than half. <laughs> uh, they really helped me out, but it, it, I was fortunate enough to go to college. Um, they gave me a little bit of a head start in getting into management. So six years ago, I went into management um, for, for a company. And um, I was kind of tossed into it, tossed to the wolves to kind of see if I could handle it. And in some ways, that's the best way to do it. In other ways, it's not so great. Not having much of uh, much of training, just having to figure it out on your own. So, um, I was in charge of six crews, um, six crews of anywhere from four to five guys, maybe six guys. And I had never ran a crew before myself, <laughs> so it was a little nerve wracking. Um, I didn't have the knowledge in that. Um, you know, I knew book smarts, but that doesn't only get you so far. So, um, about six months into management, I had my first panic attack. I um, I had an issue come up with a with a customer. I didn't know how to react to that issue, and I, I genuinely had a panic attack. Uh, panic, anxiety attack, whatever you want to call it. I got tunnel vision. My heartbeat was racing. I had trouble breathing. I didn't know what was going on. I had to call my wife to figure out what was going on. Um, and she let me know that, hey, you, you, you just had a panic attack or an anxiety attack or whatever. And um, that was my first introduction to it. I guess that would be back in 2015, 2016. Um, it took me about two weeks to fully recover from that. And get back to what I called what I called normal. Um, back then, I was drinking a lot, so drinking was my way of dealing with it. You know, oh, I had a bad week. Let me just crack open this cold one, or let me let me pop open the uh, the old fifth of liquor and and you know down the hatch. So I'm giving these life experiences to explain how it comes full circle. So bear with me. I'm not proud of, of the person I was. I also know there's people in worse positions than I am now. And there always will be. Um, so if you're one of those people that's listening, just, you know, I know it's cheesy. I know that maybe I wasn't as bad off as someone else. But the good news is, is that everybody can change for the good. Even if you think you're already good. So I had my panic attack, anxiety attack, whatever you want to call it. And... I recovered from that, I guess, following along those lines, I guess about two, three months later, it happened again. I recognized what it was, so it wasn't so bad. It didn't last quite as long. But I find myself not going to sleep as often. So I would either wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, or I would not go to sleep till midnight one o'clock and I spent countless hours just on my phone staring at the screen trying to find something that would make me go to sleep um, and that happened a lot I remember one time going into work at on a Sunday Saturday at 4.30 in the morning to get work done because they couldn't turn work off my mind I was so dedicated at what I did that it was consuming me we didn't have a child at the time. Me and my wife had just gotten married or either were getting ready to get married. And um, it was it was quite the adventure. 
Um, so yeah, drinking to to solve the issue. You know, drinking on the weekends turned into drinking during the week. Turned into drinking three, four times in one week. To the point where my wife's like, "Hey, maybe you should slow down." And uh, that was should have been my first sign. Hey, maybe you should stop this. <laughs> but I didn't stop. I, I kept going and. Um, year after year started accumulating less sleep less sleep less sleep and with less sleep if you're going through anxiety you know that creates more anxiety that does not help the situation out um, at all so drinking should have been pretty evident that it wasn't going to be the issue um, I guess about year two or three of being a manager, I started to get a little more comfortable with the position. And it didn't seem like the stress was bothering me that bad, but I still was getting those restless nights, and I still was getting drunk to the point of hungover uh, next day. And um, it, it still wasn't solving the issue. And by this time, I tried magnesium powder. I tried CBD oil. I tried pot. I tried all sorts of things, and, and nothing was working. So, fast track to 2020, the pandemic hit, and it was the worst year I've ever had doing what I'm doing um, as far as labor force. We couldn't get enough help. People were quitting left and right. I was working every Saturday for a long time, probably three, four months of my life. Uh, Sunday would come. I couldn't, didn't have time to take care of my yard. Didn't have time to do hardly anything before I was passed out of sleep, getting ready to go to work again. Um, so the panic attacks and the anxiety increased. I think I went from level one to level two, <laughs> um, compared to some of the horror stories I've heard. But it, it, to me, it was level ten. It was level fifteen, twenty. Um, more restless nights, more drinking, more smoking pot, to the tune of every night the pot and I lied to myself and I lied to my wife and I told told her that um, you know you'll let me know if it's a problem right she said yeah I'll let you know if it's a problem and I, and I snuck my way in there to make it seem like it was okay what I was doing when it wasn't um, the drinking thing you know it had been mentioned a couple of times by then that you know hey maybe you should slow down a little bit you know, maybe you shouldn't drink so much during the week it's probably not helping you with this and you know, my wife's been supportive this entire time, which is great. It's been awesome. But I still wasn't realizing what the core issue was. So by the end of 2020, I'm a wreck. I'm starting to have spouts of depression. I'm starting to have spouts of, uh, you know, I would stay at home alone. My mind wasn't active. And... I would, something, it's like a light switch would cut off and the entire world around me would turn gray and it would just all seem meaningless. And my wife would try to get me out of the funk and she would do pretty good at, at, at getting me out of that funk, but it, it wasn't working. I tried meditation at this point in time, um, spiritual guidance. I guess is what you want to call it. And nothing was really working. The meditation seemed to help for a little bit, then it went away. And it would hit at the at the most awful times. I mean, I just remember 
bad thoughts coming in my head about harming, you know, myself or just evil thoughts would come in my head and it, it was it was scary. Um, I didn't know what to think. So it was uh something I don't really want to relive again I'll be honest with you um, the anxiety was bad enough constantly in the fatal in, in this fatal worry um, I had done a little bit of research about anxiety which did help um, I, I realized that if you tell yourself that you're going through an anxiety attack you can deal with that and it you can't deal with it, it if you tell yourself you're going through an anxiety attack it seems to be less severe because you start you realize what's going on in your head okay this is what's happening I'm not dying this is this is what's going on so um, I kind of alluded to that just now but my fear was the fear of death I would go to sleep every night and I wake up in the middle of a deep sleep thinking about something about death and I would I would be not necessarily fascinated over it but it consumed me and um, yeah it was it was uh, it's not fun and this is this is still pretty recent in my mind you know this, it was 2020 when this was going on so I uh, was still continuing trying to figure out you know what is the answer how do I do this thing and um, my daughter ended up getting sick she had uh, she had blood in her urine and her creatin level was off with her kidney um, with a family member of mine she dealt with that and had to have a kidney transplant close family member of mine and uh, it was devastating to watch her go through that for 10 years of dialysis and, and finally getting a transplant. And that's the first thing my mind went to. And I'm bawling and I'm crying. So I called my friend. Um, he had a awakening in his life. He, he changed his ways. He always said he was Christian and would spout out Bible verses but at the same time would be drinking right along with me if, if that was the case and uh, maybe not the pot <laughs> but he was it was drink he would be drinking with me and you know other things going on as well that I'm not going to get into but I spoke with him and I explained the situation and by this time I'm already in tears and I'm five, ten minutes away from my house and I, I basically pull over and just talk with him and try to talk through it. And he had just started changing his life pretty good. And uh, I talked to him and he says, well, there's only one question to ask you, Josh. He said, do you give it all to Christ? Because at this point in time, we already had three or four conversations before we got to this point. Um, we'd already kind of talked over things, and I explained to him that, yes, I still believe in God, but I believe in this other stuff that I've heard, and and it wasn't like a full circle faith. It was a what I felt was a spiritual connection. 
so this is not something he just asked me. <laughs> we we had multiple conversations before he asked me this. But he said, "Do you give it all to God?" And I I paused for about five. It seemed like five minutes, but it was like five seconds. I said, well, "What do you mean, give it all to God?" And he said, "Do you give him everything? Your daughter, your wife, all your possessions, everything. Do you give it to him?" And I just all I could say was, "Man, that's a really hard question to answer." Right now, you know, I, I feel devastated. I wasn't taken back. I was taken aback by the question, but I wasn't offended by the question. I was just thinking. My brain was churning, trying to figure out, you know, what the next steps were. So he tells me, you need to give it all to him. Cast it on him. Cast your fears. We had talked about the anxieties. He cast your fears on him. Cast the depression on him cast this on him because if it's his will to take your daughter you need to know where she's going if it's his will to take him to take her then you need to be at peace with that and man i'm bawling like a little baby by now and i come back in i come in the house my wife's in there i don't even remember what we talked about i went straight to the shower and just prayed and i got on my knees in the shower buck naked <laughs> on my hands on my, my elbows and my knees in the shower and I just prayed and I said, God, take me, don't not take my daughter if it comes down to that. If it's your will. God, I cast everything to you. Take it and use it for good. Everything I got, I give to you. I got no other options right now, God. Don't give up on me. And I didn't get the answer right away. You know, we had to go back in for testing again. They tested her urine again. Uh, still had blood, less blood. They still had blood, and they, they were checking the uh, the blood sample to see the creatinine level about her kidney function and all that. So um, we still didn't know, and I'm, I'm just thinking the worst because, again, fear of death with my anxiety. I'm thinking the worst, and I'm thinking that, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you get through this. And uh, I continue to talk to my friend. This is on Saturday. This is on Sunday. And I'm still worried. And um, we started having deeper and deeper conversations. And I talked to my wife about it. And she was kind of taken aback by it for sure. Like, why would he ask that? Why You give it all to God. And um, so anyway, by this time, I probably cried three or four times. And I didn't know what else to do. I broke down. I was a wreck. Um, Sunday, my wife took my daughter out to the grocery store. You know, we were still waiting on the news from the from the doctor, and um, I was at home alone, which probably wasn't good for my for any depression I was building up. And um, you know, it was. Uh, It was bad. Broke down again in the shower. I don't know why. I, like my, my my time with God is in the shower. You know, it's in the shower and behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> so, um, break down again. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do. God, take me, take me, take me. Do not take my daughter. Take me. Please, God, take me. That's what I kept saying. I get a phone call a little bit after this. And it's my wife. And we weren't expecting results to be back till the next Tuesday. And this is on a Saturday. She calls me. She goes, 
Test results show her creatinine level back to normal. Test results say that the that the the urine. This is the third time we've done it. They said the urine is got normal blood count in it now, and uh, this is good news. And and I, I had tears of joy. I really did. I had um <laughs> tears of joy. I just I was I was um overwhelmed. And I know that was God, and I know it was probably more minor than than what it was looking to be, but because of the experience of the kidneys before in the past with a close relative of mine, it was um, it was scary. So again, I know I'm not the the baddest of the bad, and I ain't got the worst of the worst stories. But to me, my life was uh, devastated. For that brief moment, I'm sitting in my truck right now, and I got a picture of my daughter looking at the dash. And I think back to that day, and it was it was uh, it was life changing. So then, in the back of my mind, I'd had similar instances like this before happen, where where something good happens. And in the back of my mind, I say, you know, I'm going to go back to to normal life, normal living again. Let's go back to normal. That's what my mind was telling me to do. But my heart was telling me, no. End this crap with the drinking. End this crap with the smoking pot. End it. Forget the past. Let's move on to this new chapter and continue down the, the footwork that Jesus laid out for you. And it weighed on me for a couple of days. Finally, I said, you know what? I'm done with this crap. The path I was going down, taking CBD, pot, alcohol, to try to treat for anxiety is not working. It's not working. I'm not going to the doctor because I know there's a lot of side effects with the pills they give you, and I never think the pills are the absolute unless they're the absolute necessity i never think pills are the answer so i did i i, I gave it up and uh you know i still go through trials every single day but that that was eye-opening and that that changed my life forever in my opinion changed my life forever i haven't been the same person since this is back in april I can't remember the last time I read the Bible as much as I have. Um, and I'm trying to boast, but I can't remember the last time I read the Bible as much as I have since this April. I really, I really can't. It's been, um, it's the only book that I've picked up and read this many chapters and, and pages through. That's a good thing. I'm really happy for that. Because I took it for granted. I would go to church once a week and get my Bible verse of the day and roll on with it. Listen to a little bit of gospel music along the way and I was good. I was doing good things. But I wasn't getting it. So as I'm starting this journey of praying to God every day, twice a day, before I go and wake up and before I go to sleep, 
And I think at that point in time, I was praying six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven times a day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This makes my daughter better. Thank you. I get to chapters about do not worry. I'm pretty sure my friend influenced me on this. But I can't remember if it was one day just open up the book of looking at do not worry or if I looked up anxiety and found the verse but this one showed up and it's Matthew 6 25 all the way through 34 that's a good verse to read however I'm going to read you verse 34 therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble on its own Each day has enough trouble in its own. So that resonated with me. Obviously, this is a really powerful word. Um, and I tried, tried to live by that if I can, if I don't try to take it over. And um, But it, it, it really resonated with me at the time that, hey, why am I worried about what's going to happen at work tomorrow? Why am I going to worry about my untimely death that everybody's going to have to go through. Why am I going to worry about that? Because I know that if I accept Jesus Christ in my heart and follow him, I'm going to end up in the kingdom of heaven. And I hope to bring as many people along with me along the way as I can. So, I used that verse, I read a little bit of Matthew, I started, for whatever reason, I, I wanted to read the, the, the books of wisdom, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, and Job. So I've done that, I haven't remembered every line, so, but I, I've done that, and it's it's been eye-opening, and I really haven't put it down since, I mean, there's been a few days I skipped, sure, but as far as... Uh, putting it down for an extended period of time then no I'm not I'm, I don't want to ever go back to that so only through God's glory was I able to continue down this path to where I'm at today which is not that far ago um, so I started realizing after talking to my friend and after kind of reading and talking to my wife that the root cause of my anxiety was having a fear of death. There's not many people on this earth that don't have a fear of death. It's inevitable we're all going to die at some point in time. But my friend brought up a good point that maybe, just maybe, I had a fear of death because I wasn't sure where I was going. at the time I didn't it didn't totally resonate what he was saying but now it makes total sense I had been sucked into a trap of following the weights of the world that I didn't even realize that I was there I didn't even realize I was there Satan is really good at deceiving and as a matter of fact that's all he's good at is deceiving trying to deceive 
and uh, he had his grip on me for sure. So I'm reading, I'm reading that verse. Um, not every day, but but a good part of the day. And uh, another verse that my my friend shared with me. Let me get there real quick. It's First Peter. Chapter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So I did that. Again, I talked to my friend about a lot of things, about the anxiety and everything else, and he mentioned this verse to me. And the first time he mentioned it to me, it didn't resonate. After this thing happened with my daughter, then it resonated. And it's so funny how you can pick up a book and read one chapter from one day to the next, and it resonates differently to you. That's what's so great about the Bible. So I started doing that. And if I had a dollar for every time I said, Lord, you know, I cast all my anxiety, all my fear, all these feelings I got, I cast to you because only you can turn it into good. I would be a millionaire. <laughs> Not a millionaire. I'd be, I would have at least two three hundred dollars <laughs> because again this journey's only began since april so it, it's almost a daily prayer like lord i cast this all to you it's a nightly prayer for me because in the night that's when that's when the anxiety wants to strike the most so you know i realize that god puts us in situations to make us stronger and i realize that that he put me in this situation to get me through this hurdle I realize that now, and even what hurdles are to come, I can still have some sort of peace in knowing that at the end, this is to make me stronger. At the end, this is going to this is going to bring me closer to God. And it's been eye-opening. I had a relationship with a loved one that was tarnished over a material possession for 15 years. I didn't realize at the time that always thinking that I was better than him always put myself up on this pedestal because I had accomplished different things like college like or graduating college like moving out of my own very quickly and, and all these other things which are great but they don't amount to squat I always thought I was better than him for 15 years God gave me the courage to talk to him have a real conversation for the first time in a long time and ask for forgiveness and heal relationship. That was eye-opening. It was so easy, too. He forgave me so easily. Fifteen years. That's a long time to hold a grudge and to barely speak to somebody that's close to you for fifteen years. And he forgave me instantly. 
told me I want to have this conversation. I've been praying for this conversation for a long time. And um, it means a lot. I had a speech prepared, and it didn't go as planned, as normal. And it was beautiful in itself, the way it happened. Keep in mind, this is since April. <laughs> I had literally a neighbor that for some reason I had a grudge against and never met him before in my life. I go meet him and they're God-fearing just like me and they're good people just like me. Of course they have flaws. I have flaws too. So this is opening avenues past anxiety. This is opening opening doors to places that I haven't seen in a long time when I thought I was following God and I thought I was being a nice guy. And incrementally, this these doors keep getting opened and I go to the next one and it, it gets opened for me through God. And uh, I just, every day is like a new adventure. It really is. Kind of went on a tangent there. I'm sorry, um, but I've noticed that the anxiety has slowed its grip on me. I noticed that I'm not no longer believing in what Satan's telling me, even though he still tricks me and will get me from time to time. I'm finding myself believing him less and less trying to follow the word of God and it's been life changing it's been wholeheartedly life changing my wife's telling me that I'm happier I'm not miserable at work anymore my wife's wondering what's happened to the old guy that used to cuss all the time like a sailor he was drinking and how it just stopped all of a sudden my answer to that babe you're listening now you know what the answer is. That that that's God's mercy. That's God changing me because I didn't have the strength to quit drinking. I quit drinking for a month before that and went right back down the road that I was on. That's God answering my prayer. That's God changing me to be a better husband, a better father, and a better human being, better representation of Christ. So yeah. Um, there's another habit that I started that, that really helped me with anxiety and this is up to the last two weeks. And that is turning off my cell phone. I'm talking to you now on my cell phone <laughs> which is the oxy is it oxymoron? Is it like hypocritical <laughs> but you know there's good that can come about from from the cell phone but there's a lot of bad and I found myself on social media and I'm not a big social media nut is uh, Facebook and YouTube but I found myself on on Facebook a lot just scrolling through endless videos of just nothing nothing all fake. I remember when reality TV came out when I was in college and 
high school, college, and um, it seemed real. And then eventually it got to the point, I think it was like the toe, it was a, a something, lizard lick toe maybe, or uh, I don't know, I shouldn't even say the names, but it was a, a towing company. And uh, they chased down a guy and he was dressed like Michael Jackson and he was doing the impersonation and everything. And I was like, okay, this is over the top. That was my first opening to maybe reality TV is not reality. And uh, I don't even know where I was going with that, but that, it's just... I really, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Um, wow. Uh, my mind is not here today. So, anyway. Um, yeah, God God changed my life forever. And will continue to change my life, I hope, forever. And uh, if it's within His will, I want to continue to build His kingdom and, and bring people to Him. Oh, I know where I was going. The cell phone devices. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I cut off uh, Facebook because it, it was seeming artificial. It was seeming like it was uh, just not not reality at all. You know, I'm finding videos, what, they call them life hacks or whatever. There's one where this girl gets her shirt stuck in between the door of a car when she closes it, and then she cuts the shirt, and she's free from the car. Well, there's, there's, I mean, it's like, you can just unlock the door and open it, and there you go. There's actually some reaction videos. This is how deep down YouTube, Facebook, and all that goes, is that there's reaction videos to that where a guy says, well, duh, just open up the door. Well, he's still making a video on it, which means he's spending time on it over something useless to anyone's life. It literally takes seconds away from you. So. I didn't even recognize it until I stopped getting on social media and all that, but I always complained about not having enough time when I was at home to do stuff, do chores and all that. And uh, I cut it off. And I'm not perfect. I go back I go back to it every once in a while, and I find myself in this, in this funk where I'm watching a lot of videos. So hear me out on that, but at least for for me, the last couple of weeks of, of turn off the cell phone, I found myself having a lot more time to to do chores or to study, to spend time with my daughter. I found myself having a lot more time because I wasn't consumed on that phone. Um, there's a study out there that says something like two hours a day on your cell phone like looking at your cell phone screen can increase depression, can increase anxiety, anxiety rates, increase anxiety rates. I can't talk. Um, I don't know what the percentage is, but I find that to be true. Um, social media, I find that to be another tier of that statistic to where it increases it more. Just because of the, the just nothingness out there. I mean, I wholeheartedly believe that. Like I said, I, I've I've experienced you know the best sleep I've had in years. I have more energy when I wake up in the mornings. I feel more here. I don't I don't feel like I'm 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 not a part of this. What's around me? So. 
the cell phone pandemic is worse than the coronavirus pandemic. This is a worldwide issue that is causing people to, to go down the rabbit holes of depression and anxiety. So I'm for you if you're going through any of those symptoms to, to cut, cut the cell phone off. I know it's addicting, but you can set screen times on your, on your phone to where you can only be on the app for 45 minutes to 15 minutes a day. That includes the news. Good Lord. I got a rule of thumb. When I get on the news and I start scrolling, I look for the first negative or the first piece of information that doesn't do anything for me in my life, and then I cut the news off. Typically speaking, I get to the first article, then I cut it off. It's good to be informed of what's going on. God has got everything under control. Is 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 as simple as that. God has got it in control. No matter what's going on, whether it's the election, whether it's the pandemic or anything like that, if it's your if it's God's will, He's got it in control. If it's God's will that, that say, you know, I I no longer have a breath after after this minute or, or this day, it's God's will. God's will is going to fall through every time. So we can trust in that. And we can we can put our faith into that. That he's going to perform his will no matter what. He's got it. He's got it in control. I've had so many endless conversations about politics and about all other sorts of stuff when I was into that, which didn't help my anxiety at all. And it's at the end of the day, it's a pointless conversation. You like point A, I like point B. We talk about point the goods in point A, we talk about the goods in point B, the bads for both, and at the end of the day we walk away still thinking the same way. We may have a little bit of changed mind. Who cares? <laughs> at the end of the day, who cares? Move on. Move on. You know, Satan tries to divide the people. Satanists try to divide the people, but Satan tries to divide the people. If it's not the color of your skin, it's what football team you pull for. If it's not your football team you pull for, it's what political party you vote for. If it's not vaccinated, then it's then it's unvaccinated. If it's not masked, then it's unmasked. If it's not, you see where I'm going with this? It, it's stupid. We're picking sides, and we're we're drawing dividing lines, and families are breaking up over this crap, and friendships are being lost. And, and people are just in, in turmoil. It makes no sense. God's got it under control. Live and let be. Live and let be. There's two things you need to do. Two major things you need to do that are hard to do, but it's only two to remember. Love God and love your neighbor. Love your neighbor meaning love people. Love God Love your neighbor. I can't even get it right. There's only two things. Love God, love your neighbor. That's all we have to do to get eternal salvation in heaven. Two things. (laughs) We can't do that because we're so divided. Crazy.
you know, everything I talk about, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm preaching to somebody. I hope it doesn't sound like um, I'm getting all the things right. Because at the end of the day, I am just a nobody. I'm a nobody. I got nothing that makes me any better than anyone else. I sin just like everyone else sins. Whether it's murder, whether it's an adulterer, whether somebody tells a lie every once in a while, whether somebody that steals. I'm no better than anyone else. I'm just a nobody. But my life is worth living because I can tell one person about Jesus Christ. Because I can lead somebody down the path of righteousness and give, pass along the word of God and secure their spot in heaven. If I worded that wrong, I apologize. I am not physically sending you to heaven. Only the relationship between you and Jesus can send you to heaven. For if it wasn't for Jesus, this world would be a lot different than what it is now. But through Jesus, he died on the cross for me and you. For the forgiveness of our sins. Basically to make it easier for us to get into heaven. There's a famous verse I know everybody's heard and it sounds cheesy, but you can do all things through Christ that gives you strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There's no other thing that is such a true statement. Christ can do anything. There's a song that I listened to at the beginning verse says, We bear the mark of the uncreated God. Which I resonate. Uncreated. God came into this world. Moses in Genesis writes about in the beginning. It, it doesn't have uh, from the constellations God came out and did this. It just starts. It just starts. In the beginning, God created the earth, the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over its waters. In the beginning, God created. Those few words start off the book. God is uncreated. His power, His wisdom, His love is greater than anything else on this earth. And it's so unfathomable to say that God is uncreated because our minds can't wrap around the concept of that. He's uncreated. 
I had a discussion, I would say, probably about May of this year with someone. And I'm trying to explain to them basically the beginning because I started reading Genesis. I didn't finish it. I started reading Genesis and we were talking about it. And I was having a hard time connecting the dots. And I had to share with them that you're talking about the difference between reading, studying the Bible versus faith. And there's a big difference between the two. You can read and study the Bible all you want, but until you put faith into it, it's just words on a piece of paper. You wholeheartedly have to believe Jesus roamed the earth, that God created the earth, and have that faith, that backing, in order to make the circle complete. Does that make sense? You have to believe, you have to have faith. You don't always have to have a miracle or some sort of sign for God to prove to you that He's alive. It can be from hearing another story. It could be from, from anything. But he is alive. He is alive today. No matter how much our country wants to push him out, he is alive today. No matter where they don't, they take his name out. No matter if schools don't talk about him, he's still alive today. He's alive and well. And he's living within, within everybody. But people have to make that decision, and the very distinct decision that, you know, I want to follow the path to death, or I want to follow the path to eternal life. You have to make that decision. I can't make the decision for you. I can pray about it, that's it. If you ask me, the better the two options is eternal life, I think that's a no-brainer. So, if God created, if, if God is the uncreated God, and He can create whatever He wants to, He can stop whatever He wants to, He can start whatever He wants to, if everything is through His hands, then he has the power to heal you of anxiety and depression. Wholeheartedly. If he can move mountains, if he can burn a bush without it actually burning and then make it talk in his voice, he's capable of getting you out of this rut. You have to make the decision to create that personal relationship to connect the dots. You have to make that decision. Your answer is not always going to be right there in that moment. Your answer may be years from now. You may be saying, I, I can't I can't go on that long. Some of y'all may be saying that. 
But just know that God's putting you through this, these trials, and this mental health issue to build you up for something greater because you're capable of, of greater things. You're capable of, of more than you can ever imagine living through Him. The uncreated God. Literally nothing is above Him. I could go on for weeks and weeks and weeks about anxiety and depression. I am not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, but I am a believer and I am a Christian. And I know God can do things that are miracles. I know that God can do things that are unthinkable, that He can heal sicknesses. I know He can because He healed me from mine. Even though I still struggle, even though it still wants to come up, I can cast it away. And you can too. You can. So if you don't mind, I'd like to pray and in this first episode of the podcast. So if you don't mind, close your eyes, bow your heads. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the blessings that you provide for me and for the people listening. Every single day, every minute, even though we don't see it, thank you for that. Father, there's a bad, bad, bad anxiety pandemic in this country. There's a bad depression pandemic in this country. Lord, I know you can deliver people from that. All they have to do is ask you and cast it onto you and get that weight off their shoulders. Even though we don't get the answers we want right then and there, I know that you can heal all things if it suits your will. Father, I pray that you look out for the people listening as myself as my circle continues to grow with more and more people until eventually we get everybody in this world help lead them to your kingdom Father you're great you're wonderful you're merciful your love is like no other love that anyone else can experience in this world we know all they have to do is give it to you cast it to you give everything they have to you Father I I pray that you put all this on the path of righteousness I pray that you help me to reach out to other people about your word. Father, I pray for all my friends and my family again, and I pray that this circle grows and grows and grows to the ends of the earth. Father, you are amazing. We thank you for everything we have. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, I hope you all have a blessed day, and I will continue to pray for you, and and hope that you get out of this rut. If you have any comments, I don't really know how all that works, but if you have any comments, send them, and um, I'll do the best I can to answer them. And just remember, you you can get through this. You can't do it yourself, though. You can get through it. We're only capable of so much. At the end of the grand scheme of everything in this universe is nothing what we're capable of. So lean into him harder than you ever have. He'll give you the answer in his time. All right, y'all. Until next time, Lord willing, I love you. God bless.